Hey everyone, welcome back to the September podcast where I give practical advice about reinvention. My name is Angel and I will be your host. Today we're going to be talking about cognitive dissonance. Sounds boring, but I promise it's relatable. What does that have to do with you, especially in the year 2020? I hope you missed me because I've got a jam-packed episode for you today, so stay tuned. It is important for you to know who you are and who you may become. It is more important than what you do, even as vital as your work is and will be. That's a quote from President Russell M. Nelson. So what is cognitive dissonance and what the heck does that have to do with me? It's when your thoughts or your values don't align with your actions. Why is it bad? Have you ever seen those memes where it's like a guy standing there contemplating life in the club or something? That's what happens to us, basically. It's why we're crying in the club. On a more serious note, it can make us upset and irritated. This is like going on a run with a rock in our shoe. At first we realize there's a problem, but we don't want to take it out. We think that we're going too fast already. We just started, and we have to keep going, and we just don't want to stop. Or at least, for me, that is. Just looking at the problem, we can see that there's a simple fix. But being inside your head and having that conflict can make this a bigger problem than need be, and cause tension and stress inside yourself. And it intensified this week as I'm doing this episode, coincidentally. I feel like a lot of people have dealt with this in 2020. I feel like the big shift that happened this year created a gaping hole in myself, my routine, and my life. We can compare this shift with an empty stomach. We've all had an empty stomach at one point. We know the appetite, the pain we experience, and the temptation we face. To satisfy our hunger, we need a nutritious meal. Nutritious meals, though, take a while to prepare. In the meantime, we might reach for those convenient snacks that don't fill us. They satisfy the right now. Their flavor tastes like what we want right now. By the end of the night, you'll have finished many honey buns, chips, and crackers, and soda, and will be left eerily still hungry, but with a stomach ache. But if you have taken that snack and you know you have something cooking on the stove, how on earth are you supposed to stop eating those chips? By design, they are made for you to binge and indulge. So what does this have to do with cognitive dissonance? If we value a set of morals, maybe family, virtues, faith, and things of the sort, then we have to place those above friends and things that oppose our faith and maybe deception, or whatever it may be, even if they would be quicker or more convenient and the more tempting option. In my experience, the past month, I've made plenty of friends. But when I met them, they met me as a different person. I was this not-at-all-awkward social gal who went out on a Friday night. Honestly, making friends is totally not like me anyways, but now that the adrenaline is gone, my lust for going out on a Friday night is gone. 
how do I tell these friends that I'm actually very different? That I'm not at all the type to go out. I like sleep and I like to save my money. I'm joking for the most part. <laughs> how do I tell them I'm actually very religious? How do I choose a nutritious meal when I've already tasted the treats? I've felt this pull, a pull from a value standpoint, the values I have as an individual, and an obligation to friends standpoint. It seems like a simple fix. Just tell them how you feel and how you are. At this point, I've done that. Of course, the friends that were meant to be will understand, but how do I replace that good feeling I started to have? Having those convenient things. All these dopamine hits from validation from others almost feels better than generating that yourself. So what's my answer? Jump off the merry-go-round and find your footing. I know I am making so many analogies today, but I hope this all makes sense. So I'll tell you what happened this past weekend. I have two groups of friends, one that is the more outgoing party type, and the second group is a laid-back party type. On Friday, I hung out with someone from the outgoing group, and they were on, you guessed it, drugs. I didn't know. I had a feeling, but I wasn't for sure. Throughout the night, they were making terrible jokes, and I asked them if they knew about my situation. I gave a little bit of context, and I asked them not to make those jokes anymore. But they kept on. They didn't respect my boundaries, nor the way that I was feeling. Saturday night, I was invited to hang out with my laid-back group. I told them beforehand I wouldn't be drinking, and that I was only staying two hours. I heard no pushback, but just gratitude that I was hanging out with them. I left on time, and the next morning I wanted to go to church in my new area. So I made the 40-minute drive and came out to find that it was an hour and a half until the time that I needed. I had checked online before, but they hadn't changed the times. I went at 10.30, but it started at 12. So now I'm sitting with my toddler, who's been up since 6, 6.30. He hadn't taken a nap on the car ride, which I didn't expect him to. I didn't want to go home and come back, so... By the time 12 came, he was upset, mommy was frustrated, and I felt like this was a mistake. I felt like I had disturbed everyone else's sacrament meeting, embarrassing myself as the new girl who can't control her kid. But the missionary who was giving a talk said something for the brief second I was back in the room, that when I turn in the direction of moving toward Christ, things will get harder. It's nothing I haven't heard before, and certainly not something I don't have a testimony of already. And it's like a million images of the past month flashed in my head. How easy it was to look cute, go out, and make friends. But the second I started having conflicting thoughts, as soon as my thoughts changed from I deserve this right now to what do I deserve in the long run, things got harder. The guilt, the shame, and frankly, the audacity on my part, coupled with the events, was enough for me to almost be convinced I shouldn't go to church, period, and live a quote-unquote good life, and ignored all I had learned and believed in. There has to be a rock, though, an anchor to secure me when the waves tower and rock me. 
I noticed that the normalcy of things outside the gospel and commandments caused the most confusion and uncertainty because it was very easy to decide what was okay and not okay. And those decisions relied on opinion and the fallible human mind and pride. Now that I've come to the realization that God's laws were made for us in mind, seeing behind corners that we didn't even know were there, have I become fully repented? No. It'll dismantle the pride again as I undo every bad and uncomfortable habit I've made. I saw a quote from Charles Spurgeon that said, Consider how precious a soul must be when God and the devil are both after it. Whether or not you're religious, we can still use this as good and bad, moral and immoral. To align our values and our actions, we must realize what our values are and let go of pride to pursue them. We may experience FOMO, the fear of missing out, or we may have to reframe our thinking. We may have good values and know what we want, but in the moment we may see them as restricting or boring and not fun. There's going to have to be some give and take, but it's better to live authentically for your peace of mind than having that living a double life feeling. So to find our values, we must ask two big questions. What do I want? And this is the obligation to self. And what do I want from others? And this is the duty to others. I think the first one is realizing that the person that you become affects you. The second question is who you become affects others. Now, like I said, first we gotta jump off the merry-go-round and we gotta find our footing. What I mean by this is we have to distance ourselves from those things first. Get a good night's sleep. Get a, you know, a hearty meal. Drink some water. And allow yourself some time to be away from that. When you're too close, whenever you're in it, it's, it keeps going. It's like a cycle. When you're in it, it's easy to say, oh man, I can't wait till Friday. Oh, Friday's already here. Party on the weekend. Guess what? Oh man, it's Monday. I'm ready for Friday. It's very easy to do that. But once you maybe miss a weekend and you get some sleep and you drink some water, um, you do some hobbies for yourself, it's easier to take a step back. And of course, you might be still dizzy from the merry-go-round that you were just on. You will experience some kind of feeling like you're missing out or that um, you may be coming irrelevant, to be quite honest. And it's a unique challenge for our generation. I'm very sure of that. So after we jump off this crazy merry-go-round, we have to find our footing. And of course, when you get off a merry-go-round, you are not on the most stable footing. You are still dizzy. And this is where you are taking the time. You are taking it one notch at a time to get back to where you want to be. If this is going back to church, do it incrementally. You can't just jump feet first back into that because that won't be sustainable per se. If it's jumping back into school, maybe one or two classes, maybe going to the library every once in a while, you don't necessarily jump feet first. 
but you take it slow because you're still getting off of that crazy ride. I promise you that these things work. I've done them a lot, uh, unfortunately. And even though I had a testimony of how... So, I know... I know I have a testimony of whenever you face in the direction of those good things, things will get harder. I didn't know how whenever you face the wrong direction, how easy it is to get sucked in. I promise when you are doing the things that you should be and you are aligning yourself with your values and what will be best for you in the long run and only you can decide what the answer to those questions are, you will have a lot more peace of mind, you will have an honestly a lot stable, a lot more stable routine, <laughs> probably more money in the bank. <laughs> I know 2020 has caused a pull on everyone and I sincerely hope that as we end the year we are finding pockets of peace wherever we can, especially within ourselves. All right, that's our show for today. Subscribe. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Angel, and I will catch you next week.